Couldn't they have just given Aaron Rodgers a finger instead of wasting a draft pick on this guy? <laughs> Wouldn't that have just been easier? You're listening to Unscripted with Mike and Chris, brutally honest sports talk. And now, here is Mike Jansen. Hi, and welcome to this 532nd episode of Unscripted. Mike Jansen, hello. Chris Fluke, say hi. Uh, as we're simulcasting here on the 20 what of July? 25th. 25th. So the last Saturday of July, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, technically, I think. Yeah, well, maybe not. Yeah, August 1st is the next one. August 1st, yeah. So the last Saturday of July. Um, a lot of things to talk about. Some news in all of the big four that we generally talk about and in later editions this week uh we are going to go through our top 10 most disliked most weird most stupid whatever sports nicknames of teams from the wonderful and wacky world of sports i've got a list of 10 but i've got another list of about 30 names that are just silly and stupid and you know the amazing thing going through that i know we're supposed to be doing headlines but i'll get there um the amazing thing going through there is how many minor league baseball teams yeah. have some really screwed up names. Or high schools. High schools. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've got one in here that my dad went to. Oh. My dad went to this high school. Wow. That made this list. And um, so I'm looking forward to that. But we've got headlines. And again, as we are introducing this video component into Unscripted with Mike and Chris, we have made it a kind of a staple in our first episode is to go through the headlines, go through those things that are making news from the wonderful and wacky world of sports over the last 24 to 48 hours. And with that in mind, I guess we lead off with the biggest news because, again, not because of who's running the league, but because of the popularity of the league. (laughs) Just because, in spite of the leadership, the National Football League is still the most popular sport spectator sport in North America. And so we'll start there as the NFL and the NFL Players Association agreed on Friday to terms on changes to the collective bargaining agreement for this upcoming 2020 season. The NFLPA's team's team representatives voted 29 to 3 in favor of the agreement. I'm not going through the whole damn thing, but I will tell you, I'll give you the highlights. The highlights are training camps will start as scheduled, and I don't give a damn about the other 31 teams with the Green Bay Packers. They, uh, Officially report on the 28th. So use that as your official starting date. Uh, But training camps will start as scheduled with veterans reporting no later than Tuesday. A two-tiered opt-out plan was agreed upon. Players will have to opt out of the season within 10 days of the agreement and will then earn a stipend for the year. Players who are considered high risk to COVID-19 can earn $350,000 and an accrued NFL season if they choose to opt out. Players who are deemed a lower risk can still opt out, and they will make $150,000. And parlaying that information into this first story, we have officially our first opt-out, and it's not a surprise, as this guy is a doctor. This guy is smarter than your average NFL football player. As Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman and Canadian, Laurent, please say it, I can't. Duvernay Tardif. Oh, that's beautiful. He's French, if you couldn't figure it out. He is the first NFL player to opt out of the upcoming campaign due to the COVID-19 pandemic. He acknowledged that the efforts from the NFL Players Association and the Chiefs medical staff has been very, very good, but he said that uh, some risks will remain. So we have our first 
uh, opt-out in the National Football League. He is, again, a Canadian who graduated from McGill University with a doctorate of medicine and master of surgery degrees. So this guy is beyond smart. And he has been one of the most active NFL players in supporting his community amid this coronavirus worldwide pandemic. And, uh, you know, here's a guy that started 17 games last year for the ultimate world champion Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously a very good football player, but obviously this guy is thinking about his long term more than he is the short term. Um, I think, obviously, he'll be back in 2021, but here's a guy like some others we've seen in baseball, we've seen in hockey, we've seen in, in all the big four so far, sporadic guys opting out. But when this guy does it with his medical background, that's got to say volumes to a lot of people out there in the wonderful and wacky world of sports. Well, humans are better at learning things the hard way than by seeing yeah. someone else do the right thing. And, you know, the part of the problem, I think, with people who uh, aren't really taking COVID-19 seriously is that they kind of are able to downplay and dismiss it. Well, it's really hard to do that when you've been working on the front lines of the crisis in Montreal all summer right. and actually helping out and, uh, you know, seeing it firsthand. It's easy to just write it off as some something that makes you stay home for two weeks with no consequences. We still don't know for sure if, uh, you know, getting it once doesn't seem to necessarily make you immune. It sounds like you can get it multiple times. It sounds like even if you're not too bad at first, there can be long-term liver damage. They're even talking about uh, it, it can increase the chances that you're going to get other health problems going forward, uh, lung damage as well. And it's just, uh, we don't know really. And so uh, you need to see things firsthand uh, if you're like most humans and for Mr. Duvernay Tardif, or should I say Dr. Duvernay Doctor, yeah. Tardif, yeah, yeah, you know, a, a solid O-lineman and, uh, and one of the few uh, starting Canadians in the NFL. And, uh, you know, good for him for, for doing this and giving up millions of dollars to, to yeah. do a job that, uh, you know, no disrespect for football players or anything. But, I mean, he's doing something a lot harder and requires more bravery than playing football, and uh, good for him. From $2.75 million to 150000 he may have to clip coupons. <laughs> and I'm only making a joke. I mean, this is the wise decision, and, and he's thinking long-term. And I think the difference here for this guy is simply this. You know, you always hear athletes talk about they only have a limited window mm -hmm. of availability on their careers. Well, this guy's in a different category, obviously. And all due respect to this guy. Uh, marvelously terrific athlete to play at the National Football League level. But the guy, obviously, to get through university with degrees like that, this guy's got a future. This guy will make up the difference between the 2.75 million and the 150,000 he's going to make. He will make up that difference. A lot of guys obviously don't have that on their resume. And I think that uh, I'm very proud to know of a football player like this that has his future mapped out. And uh, I, I'm, again, very happy to see this. A loss for the Kansas City Chiefs, but again, uh, for this young man, uh, great to see. Um, I just need to make one comment about, you were talking about all the things that we don't know in regard to COVID. I thought it was funny that Rudy Colbert from the Utah Jazz came out this week. He, remember, was the guy that kind of, he was kind of the, the match light that started this whole thing. When he was the first one that was a confirmed Corona case, all of a sudden, uh, Adam Silver said, done, NBA, we're shutting down. 
Well, Rudy Gobert now is fully, you know, back and ready to go. He's he's down in the bubble in Orlando, practicing with the playoff uh, promised land, Utah Jazz. But he has come out recently and said he still has not regained the full sense of smell or the full sense of taste yet. Mm. Since his, and he was at the very beginning. And he was back in March, right? Yeah. And so here's a guy that. Obviously, and and for a lot of right reasons, he took some shit at the beginning because when he licked all the microphones and did that stupid, idiotic bullshit stuff. But here's a guy that was kind of the, I don't want to say poster child, but he was he was the guy that started the shutting down of these leagues. When Rudy Gobert was diagnosed as having confirmed, uh, confirmed a case of, of COVID-19, the NBA used him and, oh, we're shutting things down. And that was... In this case, I know the National Hockey League because you always remind me that Edmonton played on the Tuesday after, but this was uh, Friday, March the 12th or something like that, and uh, this was the poster child, and he says that he still does not have full use of his sight or sense of smell or his sense of taste since he was diagnosed with COVID-19. Let's quickly stay with some news and notes in the NFL. A really good one, and I don't know what's going to happen to this guy. I really don't. Because this is the guy that I think a lot of people, going back to the infamous 2005 draft, where a lot of people obviously felt the San Francisco 49ers royally screwed up. And we as Packer fans are very happy that the 49ers screwed up. But if you had to do a redraft of the 2005 draft, this guy would not be number one taken overall. I guarantee it. I don't know much in life, but if you were to redraft, the, 20, the 2005 NFL draft, Alex Smith out of the University of Utah would not be the number one overall pick of the 2000 draft, 2005 draft. That honor would go to one Aaron Rodgers of the University of Cal Berkeley. But good news, Alex Smith, I think, you know, obviously is going to be, always be remembered as the guy that a lot of people felt that Rodgers should have been taken number one. Ultimately, Alex Smith did become the starting quarterback and a very good one in San Francisco, but then obviously you had Colin Kaepernick come in and displace him. Then Alex Smith goes to Kansas City, does a nice job in the early years of Andy Reid's coaching gig out in Kansas City, and then all of a sudden you've got a guy named, oh, let's see, Patrick Mahomes, and Alex Smith gets kicked to Washington. Alex Smith is the starting quarterback in Washington and undergoes one of the most gruesome, if not the most gruesome, football injury anybody has ever seen. And that includes, in my estimation, that 1986 unbelievable leg injury to Joe Theismann when Lawrence Taylor tore his ass up. And that was the end of Joe Theismann's career as, as, as a football player in period. But the good news from Friday, in my estimation, in regard to Alex Smith, the Washington formerly known team as the Redskins, Alex Smith, told ESPN on Friday that he has received clearance from his surgical team to resume all football-related activities and expects to report to the team facility on Monday for a full physical with the team doctors. And I think this is a couple things. I think this is awesome. I can't believe that this guy made it all the way back. I mean, this guy was thought to potentially could have died from this. He at very least could have lost his right leg. But he has come back. He has been cleared by his surgicals his surgical team. But my question to you, sir, is, is there a place and is there a team of the 32 National Football League teams? Is there a team? And I don't think it's going to be Washington because you've got Haskins out there. 
but do you think there is a team out there that will take a chance at the former number one overall pick in the 2005 NFL draft out of the University of Utah, Alex Smith? I think it'll be hard for teams to believe that he has made the comeback all the way. I haven't watched that documentary on him, but apparently it's pretty intense and shows how intense it was physically and emotionally for him. And, you know, walking around with some like medieval torture device on his leg yeah. and yeah. and it was just crazy, I guess. And yeah, almost died of a staph infection, almost had the leg amputated and just a complete disaster. The fact that he is fully cleared for all football activities by a surgical team is it's quite amazing. I mean, just to be able to walk around, have a normal life, I think at one point he must have been just hoping for. And uh, I think he deserves another shot. Absolutely. Uh, I think teams will be a bit reluctant, but at the same time, he's a he's a smart quarterback. He's a solid guy. Uh, he kind of reminds me, uh, he's like the football equivalent of Ryan Nugent Hopkins. You know what I mean? Nice. Like, like yeah, he's okay. First, like I he's can see that. Like yeah. he's first overall, probably shouldn't have been first overall, but still really good, really solid, long, uh, respectable career, nice. I smart like that player. Analogy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's kind of like that. And so uh, I think everybody's rooting for Alex Smith, and I hope he gets another shot. But it's uh, I don't see an obvious opening for him right now. But, uh, you know, before long, we could easily see... Uh, teams looking for him probably not as a as an every down starter. I think he comes in as somebody's backup. I, I think he'd yeah. be a great choice yeah. as a backup in yeah. places like oh I don't know Green, Green Bay. Bay. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> you know I'm having heart palpitations as it is enough today already. And and Chris and I have been I don't know we have been almost religiously trying to get a backup quarterback to Green Bay. In the four years I've known this man, we've been trying to get a backup. And Jordan Love is not the backup. Come on. You don't go from Utah State of the uh, Mountain West Conference to the backup of a National Football League team. Um, Couldn't they have just given Aaron Rodgers a finger instead of wasting a draft pick on this guy? <laughs> Wouldn't that have just been easier? <laughs> <laughs> I'd have slept a lot better many nights since that end of April draft when we brought this guy in. And again, I'm not mad at Jordan Love. No, it's it not wasn't his fault. him. It's not his fault. I'm mad at Brian Gutekunst. I'm mad at Matt LaFleur. And I'm mad at Mark Murphy for letting it happen. And you know, here's the thing is this was funny. I just read this today and it's not in my notes, but I read it. Jordan Love signs his uh, first rookie deal, four year deal. And the, and the contract is guaranteed all four years, 12 million plus bucks. And there's a damn what? good chance. There's per a year? Di- no, 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 no. Over oh, the duration like, of, oh, no, like, no, no. But over the duration terrible. of the, of the, over the duration of the contract, the contract oh, okay. is guaranteed fully four years, 12, I don't remember all the fine okay. numbers, but it's $12 million plus. And I'm going to bet you, I, I'm going to bet you that I would be surprised if during that four years, Jordan Love takes a meaningful snap as the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers? Well, it depends on if management just really finishes this off and says, you know, we're going to trade Aaron Rodgers for something or whatever the heck they're doing. I don't know what the hell they're doing. They want to go from an Aaron Rodgers team to a team of random young guys and be a rushing team or something, but then get rid of your good running. I don't know what the hell they're doing. It's the most inexplicable draft. I have a hard time believing, and I don't like to just casually speak in superlatives or anything but i don't know i can't really imagine that i'll ever see a more inexplicable draft now you could say you know i mean the philadelphia eagles felt similarly about the jalen hurts selection 
uh, when you have Carson Wentz, who's still a young guy. But this was the same. This was at least as bad, but plus the Packers did it earlier, and it was in the first round, and they moved up, and then they did it with their second-round pick with well, the running back, th- so it was definitely worse. Not only that, my friend, but think about it this way. Jalen Hurts has played in some big games in his college career at two of the biggest programs that we can talk about in the NC2A, and we're talking about a kid that played in the playoffs all four years at the major college level and won a national championship as the starting quarterback at Alabama. And after three runs to the playoffs with Alabama, then he goes to Oklahoma and leads the Sooners to the playoffs. There was also, I believe, because I think Howie Roseman is a terrific general manager, one of the best in the business, but Carson Wentz also has an injury history. He, you know, the first three years in the league, he yeah. never finished the full season because he got hurt every damn year. So I think there was a little bit more legitimacy considering that Jordan Love, with all due respect to Jordan Love, Jordan Love's biggest game was probably playing against Utah in the Utah, Utah State Bowl. I don't, I don't know, but it, the Mountain Valley Conference, obviously competition-wise, has schools like UNLV, uh, UNR, that's Reno, um, you know, San Jose State. Does that sound like LSU and Alabama and Texas A&M and Florida and Florida? No, it doesn't. It's not the same. So I guess what I'm saying long-winded is I'm still pissed off, obviously. And second of all, I still believe in my heart of hearts, and I think you'll agree with me, is that the Packers could have gotten Jordan Love in the second round or, God forbid, maybe even in the third round instead of moving up and taking him at 26 overall, I still think, and obviously I'm still having issues with. I don't know. Yeah. NFL, real quick, uh, a couple of things, just a couple of notes here. I'm happy for this individual. I just don't like the team that signs his paychecks. It's good news that the Minnesota Vikings and head coach Mike Zimmer have agreed to a multi-year extension to coach the team. That's the best thing the Vikings have done this offseason. I have great respect for Coach Zimmer, but again, I can't stand the team that signs his paychecks. Also... I understand confidence, and that is a huge thing in regard to uh, athletes' ability to do the voodoo that they do on the playing fields that they choose to do it on. But this is ridiculous. I, I, I don't, you know, and I know that Tyreek Hill can run just, he should be on an Olympic 4 by 100 team, and they'd win the goddamn race every time. This guy is unbelievably fast. This guy is like the, the cartoon character, The Flash, he's so fast. But this is stupid. Wide receiver Tyreek Hill, the Kansas City Chiefs is predicting, okay, get ready for this. Drum roll, please, Chris. Seven Super Bowl titles for the current version of the Chiefs. Okay, before I let Chris have a comment on that, there is no way in hell that somebody in this day and age of salary cap and the restrictions of salary cap, and you just signed your marquee quarterback, to a 500 and whatever contract. It's a 10-year extension with everything included comes out to $503 million. There is no way in God's green earth, and I believe that Andy Reid is one of the best coaches in the National Football League. But first of all, Andy Reid's not going to be there seven more years. Uh, And in this day and age, you cannot put enough good football players around you with, with salary cap restrictions. There is no way you can do that to go on a seven year run of championships and I just have to correct Mr. Hill on one thing he is claiming that he wants to go after Jordan's record Michael Jordan he must have been watching the last dance or the last whatever when we were all watching it in in April May and June but Jordan only won six titles 
Jordan didn't win seven. He won three in a row in two separate occasions. So right off the bat, Tyreek Hill is crazy and his math skills suck. <laughs> well, Tyreek Hill, I heard where he said he wanted to do more than Jordan. Oh, why more he, than Jordan? That's why, okay. he, that's why right. he said seven. So. Well, his math still, skills still suck. Yeah. Well, look, recently we did uh, an episode uh, where we, on our weekly top 10 list, we did top 10 assholes in sports. Yep. And I had a three-way tie at one point. <laughs> yes, you did. I remember. Right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. had Matt Hasselbeck, Ronda Rousey, and Ryan Leaf all tie because they opened their mouths way too early and didn't back it up in the end. And right. That's what's going to happen. Now, look, nobody's going to be surprised if Patrick Mahomes wins multiple Super Bowls. Correct. Oh, nobody. I'm, but nobody. not seven in a row. No. Well, not in a row, certainly. But also, but I, I look, if anyone was going to do it, it's Patrick Mahomes. But like you said, yes, anytime a quarterback is not on a rookie deal, never mind making half a billion dollars, just not on the rookie deal, all of a sudden they don't win anymore. Russell Wilson and other examples. But I mean, with this one... Look, they've got the makings there, but it was just a lazy way for Tyreek to say this. Don't get all caught up and say seven Super Bowls and sound like Ryan Leaf or something. Don't do that. Say You can just say it in a different way. Say something like, we're building a legacy. We're trying to build a dynasty. We have the best quarterback. I love our coach. Things like that. Right. Like things like that right. where no one can look back at you and make you and just think you're a complete moron. If you look back in years from now, and even if they never won another Super Bowl, and you had just said, man, Andy Reid's awesome. Patrick Mahomes is awesome. We're really trying hard. We have the makings to do something special. Nobody can look back at any of that and say, well, that was stupid because it's not. All of that is just, those are just facts. But uh, when it comes to making ridiculous predictions, I mean, say something like the sky's the limit for us. We, we are not putting any limits on our expectations. There you go. Right? I mean, like something like that. Keep your feet on the ground. Keep reaching for the stars. You know, like something like that. But so this was just super lazy by Tyreek Hill. And uh, in the end, usually these guys eat their words or almost always these guys eat their words. And even if Patrick Mahomes does win seven Super Bowls, I'm not that sure that Tyreek Hill will be there for any or all of them. Welcome to this 532nd episode of Unscripted with Casey Kasem. Um, very nice. Thanks. I'm very happy that you came <laughs> up with Casey Kasem. I, well, I, I, that was really good. I, I thought Casey Kasem was that before was my time. before your time. Yeah, yeah I know. absolutely. Um, what did I have here? Oh yeah. Now I, this is this is totally meant to be a joke. I love Russell Wilson's game. You've heard me talk about this if you've listened to any of the previously produced 531 episodes of Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Is that I am a huge Russell Wilson fan. I. Uh, think that he might be one of the most indispensable players in the National Football League because if Se you take Russell Wilson away from the Seattle Seahawks, they are <laughs> dog shit. <laughs> That's okay? nasty to think about. But I, I still have huge, huge misbelief in this. When he was at the University of Wisconsin, he was married to a very attractive white woman. And I'm, not that I'm bringing up that. <laughs> it, it had nothing to do with it. But they went their separate ways and divorced after his first or second year in Seattle. And Russell hooks up with a woman who I think is one of the most beautiful people, women, whatever in the world. She is just, just astonishing in, with her beauty. And I'm talking about his, his new wife, Sierra. Okay. Now you're trying to tell me, Russell Wilson, that you two abstained from sex until you got married. Okay, first of all, I find that really difficult to believe when you're talking about somebody that is absolutely stunning 
as Sierra. And if you can pull it off, congratulations. But all I'm going to say is, since they've gotten married, they've made up for lost time. Because on Friday, Russell Wilson and his beautiful wife, Sierra, introduced their third kid already into this world. So, Russell, congratulations for making up for lost time, pal. But I still, as, as great as I think you are, and what you did for the University of Wisconsin, and what you've done for the National Football League, especially, obviously, in Seattle, if you tell me that you couldn't be with Sierra until you got married, pal, I'm calling you out. I think you're a bit of a liar. I could not hold back if I had a woman like Sierra on my side. That's all I'm going to say. Well, we talked about this years ago about how, uh, you know, it was clearly because they were trying to appeal to, you know, their, well, I mean, Russell Wilson's quite religious, I think. He's a strong Christian, and and they do the prayer circle after, and then there was, I don't know if they had some tie to Disney or something. They had something or endorsing something or whatever, so they probably had a lot of pressure to look very wholesome, and I appreciate you know, that he tried to do that. And that's fine. And that's coming from a hard atheist like me. But, uh, <laughs> I was just going to say, but from you? Look, <laughs> look, I, as much as I believe the world would be an infinitely better place with no religion, at least if someone is, you know, really trying to, um, you know, be good about it, yeah. I, I appreciate that. Now, the thing is, I would simply say that if you took away the religion from Russell Wilson, he would still be a good person. I don't no. think he needs that to be a good person. He, uh, you know, but that's fine. But uh, I, I I, don't just uh, criticize someone for that. If they're a good person, they're really trying to, uh, you know, make the world a better place. And then that's cool. But what is it with these guys having all these kids? Like, I get that, uh, you know, if you have all the money in the world, then that helps because kids are uh, allegedly uh, very expensive, which I believe, but I, uh, I'm not going to experience firsthand. But what is it with all the kids? Uh, I saw an article today about Todd Gurley. I don't know if you have anything about Todd Gurley. In no, your notes. I don't have anything for um, Gurley today. So Todd Gurley is talking about today how he is unimpressed with Roger Goodell's plan. Notice how in the NHL you haven't heard anyone say they're unimpressed with Gary Bettman's plan exactly because right. he's a great planner, but all but and but nobody's very happy with Roger Goodell because we're not sure he does anything. He probably does a little more work than uh, Robbie Manfred, who I don't even know if he has an office, but uh, he's got a tent. Yeah, probably. But uh, so Todd Gurley said he's unimpressed with uh, the come back to play plan, and just because of his lack of confidence in going back to work and the plan they have in place, or the lack of plan they have in place, he's considering sitting out the season just for that reason. Wow. Just because he doesn't think they've done a good enough job planning. And anyway, the reason I bring it up, it's relevant to what we were saying anyway, but also he said, and I was shocked to see this because he's a 25-year-old NFL player, uh, he's like, I don't have a wife and I don't have any kids. And I was just like, it was the weirdest thing. I don't remember ever in my life seeing a 25-year-old NFL player of any race. I'm not saying a race right. thing. A right. 25-year-old NFL player saying, I don't have a wife or kids. I was just blown away by that because usually it's like, oh yeah, we're having our seventh race. Like Philip Rivers has well, eight and now I uh, what's it, uh, Ben Watson has seven and I'm like... Like even if I had all the money in the world, I wouldn't. But have... look at look at my favorite quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, just broke up with the car driver. He's now thirty six. Does he have? He's any never kids? been married. No, he has no kids. And he has no kids. Either. He has no kids. So wow. it's both end of the spectrum. But that's to me, that's the exception. He's like the person who smokes for eighty years and doesn't get cancer. It's like that's an exception. Doesn't yeah. mean ever. Like you look at most NFL players. How many NFL players do you see have kids when they're drafted? 
Like they're drafted and they're holding a baby, and I'm like, what the yeah. hell is that? That's a like, good, good point. I'm good point. I'm 40 and I'm not ready to have kids. I, no. So to me, it's just anyone who's like 20 having a kid is just the craziest shit to me ever. Well, like, and again, I can relate to that because I didn't have my first one till I was. Uh, I better. I should know this probably. 35. Yeah. 35. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because Olivia's 21 and I'll be 56. So yeah, yeah. The, the math works out. Wow. So I was 35, and then we had Jenna when I was 40. So, wow. Um, okay. Here's a little food for thought for you. I've been kind of discussing back and forth with some issues with my eldest daughter. If you're going to have kids, probably better. Now, I for me, it was better to have them later, obviously, because I wasn't done having fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you are one of these guys that wants a, you know, a shoe, a treehouse full of kids someday, probably have them a little bit earlier because it gets tougher. <laughs> it gets tougher because. I get more cynical in my ways, and, and I've been through a lot of life already, and I see these 21-year-olds when I had them at 35, and you're wondering, what the hell's going through your mind? So, whatever. A um, couple of things as on this headline edition of Unscripted. we got to switch gears real quick to Major League Baseball, and not that that's always my favorite thing, because I do have to make a comment right off the hop here. Um, watching baseball with fans is hard enough unless it's a playoff game. Watching baseball with no fans is absolute, to me, is torture. Um, They can't spit. They can't scratch. um, They can't, I mean, it just, it's not the same. I tried to watch, as I mentioned in our special edition, Thursday edition, episode 531, I tried to watch Yankees Nationals, and that was just pathetically boring. I tried to watch baseball, Cubs and Brewers yesterday from Wrigley. I got about maybe 10 minutes in and I switched to Hogan's Heroes or something else because I just couldn't watch baseball anymore. It's just unbelievably boring. But the, I guess the, the the real quick answer is the one up thing is games are getting done at a record pace. There's no bullshit with the fans. There's no none of this crap. I mean, mm-hmm. the games just go boom, boom, boom. They just, they're moving right along. But the big thing, I got three baseball stories real quick to get to real quick. Let's start with that. And this is this shows that we as sports fans in North America are dying for competition. I don't care if it's turtle races. I don't care if it's watching bees fly. But if you can bet on something, we're going to watch it. And the reason I'm saying that, the Major League Baseball season opener between the Yankees and the Nationals on Thursday night from Nationals Park in Washington, D.C., was the sport, the sport of baseball's most watched game on any network in nine years. It's been nine years since we've had a game that brought in that much or that many ratings points for the television guys. The game peaked at 4.48 million viewers, the most since a 2011 game between the Yankees and the Red Sox. That one was on ESPN, as was this one Thursday night from the U.S. capital city but that was the most watched baseball game in nine years. Now, I know it's the Yankees. It's the uh, defending world champion, Washington Nationals, but it's still baseball, guys. But that will show right there that we as sports fans will watch anything after having not watched live competition, minus UFC and, and some of the others, but of football, baseball, basketball, hockey, of the big four, we will watch anything if we're going to watch a baseball game from start to finish as it became the most watched baseball game in nine years. I can't believe that. 
real quick. Also, the Vagabond Toronto Blue Jays. Now, I know Chris and I aren't huge fans, but we will get all 60 uh, Blue Jays games broadcast up here. So whether we mean to or not, we may fall into a Blue Jays game. But the Blue Jays, unfortunately, will be playing their home games this year in Buffalo's Salem Field after discussions with the Pirates and the Orioles to use their stadiums didn't come to fruition. The Orioles, or more specifically the state of Maryland, invited the Blue Jays to use Camden Yards in Baltimore, but not until the month of September for some reason that I am not aware of. So for whatever the reason that they couldn't start using Camden Yards until September, I don't know. But in the interim, they are going to be playing at their AAA affiliate in Buffalo. And I think that's probably wise, even though that they need to improve the lighting there. They need to make it a Major League Baseball facility. I don't think they're going to have to do that. But in this condensed season, you've got 30 games at to call your home park. You would rather do it at somewhere where some of the guys have familiarity than going and playing 60 road games, I think. I think considering the circumstances and considering that Pennsylvania wouldn't let them in, the country of Canada wouldn't let them in, and obviously the uh, state of Maryland wouldn't let them in until September 1st for some silly reason. But regardless, I think this is the best scenario for the Blue Jays because a lot of their players at least have spent some time playing at Salem Field in Buffalo because that, again, is the AAA affiliate of the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, well, there's a long history of uh, Toronto-Buffalo connection. I mean, a lot of Bills fans are from uh, Toronto and even Montreal. Is it, what, 90 miles away or something? It's not very far, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, that's where, you know, the NFL held uh, some Buffalo home games in Canada and Toronto, you know, for a while. And so there's a strong uh, connectivity there for sure. So uh, it makes sense. I think that's about as logical a destination as you could have come up with, even if they weren't a minor league affiliate. So, yeah, it was the obvious choice for sure. And uh, one final baseball uh, note for you as we wrap up this 532nd episode of Unscripted. Whether you like it or not, uh, Major League Baseball is expanding the postseason just for this season. But they are expanding the postseason from the current 10 teams to 16 teams for this season. So basically, of the 15 teams in the American League, 15 teams in the National League, eight of those 15 teams we'll see postseason action. So um, does this hurt teams? Does this help teams? It certainly helps teams that are thinking they were only going to win, let's say, 25 out of 60 games, because I think at 25 wins, that would be the barest of minimum that you would need to probably qualify for the playoffs. And then the format would be a first round would be best of three. Then you'd get back down to the normal 10 teams, and then it would be back to best of five in the first round then the, the 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 league championship would be best of seven, and then obviously the World Series would be best of seven as well. So as I sit here and lament watching crappy baseball in front of, well, the baseball's fine, but the ambiance is gone, the noise is gone, the organist is gone, the fans yelling bad things at the players is gone. Um, we're going to have the possibility of seeing more baseball, and I know that excites the hell out of you. Well, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I'm being facetious. But uh, what I would say is that if you're looking at sports leagues and how many teams should make the playoffs, I can't stress this point enough. The less parity you have in your league, the more teams should make the playoffs. Yeah, that's right? true. Because, I, I, I mean, and, and nothing has less parity than baseball, where you have... 
you know, the Yankees and they can pay a luxury tax and it doesn't even phase them at all. And then you have the ultra small, small market teams. And unless you get some money ball stuff going on, they don't do anything. And as we've often said, the season is so long and fans just tune out by July and they're, they, if they know that their team's not going to do anything. And so if you actually have a much better chance of making the playoffs, not just any given year, but perpetually as well, then you can have more interest. If you're in a small market baseball team with no money, then you can. There's no reason to get heavily invested in it because it's great just a, point. It's a waste of your time. So uh, if you're going to have a, a, a like no proper parity in baseball, then at least have a bunch of teams make the playoffs so that most of your fan base doesn't just tune out by July. Wouldn't this be sad though? Let's just say, let's just take a random team that hasn't seen the playoffs since I don't know, I don't know since God created the earth, um, the Baltimore Orioles. Let's say for some reason. I'm not predicting this is going to happen. I'm just throwing out a scenario. Wouldn't it be ironic that they expand the playoffs? They are allowing, what, six more teams in, three in the National League, three in the American League. Wouldn't that be something if one of the three teams happened to be the Baltimore Orioles and they somehow get on a magical carpet ride and they qualify for the expanded playoffs and their fans can't even watch? I mean, they can watch on TV, but they I don't think... I mean, this is going to affect all, all teams... Uh, fan bases by not being able to be a part of it and not being able to go out to the ballpark and be a part of what could be a special season for shitty teams that have shown no, you know, no inkling that they were going to make the playoffs. Well, now teams like Baltimore and Seattle and, uh, oh, I don't know, the Chicago White Sox and the Texas Rangers have the, the thought in the back of their mind, the Pittsburgh Pirates that, God damn, they're letting six more teams in. Maybe we got a shot this year. And they won't be able to enjoy that with their fans because the fans can't get into the ballpark. Well, I mean, again, unbelievably weird year. This is exclusive to 2020, we hope, Mm -hmm. especially the United States. If you get the United States approached and went over 80,000 cases of COVID just yesterday. So, Maybe this might be the norm moving forward if we don't get some, you know, people starting to play nice in the sandbox down in the United States. But, I mean, wouldn't that be something if, God forbid, the Baltimore Orioles make a playoff run and their fans can't go out to Camden Yards and enjoy it? Well, if you're an Orioles fan, you'll take whatever you can get. So, well, yeah, yeah so. you've been disappointed pretty much yeah. since ever. So, uh, but I mean, again, an unbelievable circumstance in an unbelievable time in our history. I mean, I'm going to be older and older every year, just like everybody else. And I'm going to be sitting there someday and I'm going to be going that year, that year, 2020 just changed everybody's yeah. lives. It changed the way we do business. It's going to change the way we do where we work. It's going to change the way we, it, it's just going to change. I think almost anything feasibly possible. I, I, I just think, you know, and I remember you telling me on, I don't know, remember what episode it was, but there was something coming, you know, Every hundred years in 2020, uh, 1920, we had uh, the ending of World War One, and we had a boom time, but then we had, uh, I think it was some, there was some illness back in 1920. Well, in 1918, the same year that the World War One ended, they had the Spanish flu. There you go. And it was funny, they showed, I saw a picture the other day of a notice from Kelowna, where we're both going to be coming up pretty yep. soon here, and it was saying, like, the city of Kelowna, like, shut down, like... Uh, gatherings over so many people, over 10 people are banned, you know, because of the Spanish flu. It was like exactly like today, but Correct. 102 years ago. Correct. Yeah. Right. Crazy. Exactly. So 
uh, unbelievable time, unbelievable circumstances. And uh, it's really going to, the one interesting thing is going to be see how all this plays out. And uh, we've got more to talk about. We've got some NBA stuff. We've got some more National Hockey League stuff. Um, it's funny. My favorite player name-wise in National Hockey League has gotten a hell of an endorsement for the Hart Trophy. That's what they call a tease for you in the radio business, folks. So a lot of things to get to, plus our top 10, taking a look at uh, our top 10 list of some of the weirdest, some of the dumbest, some of the stupidest nicknames in team sports. That'll be coming up next on episode 533 of Unscripted. I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait. Yeah. That's next. We're doing it next. I think we're going to go way past top 10. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we are. (laughs) There's too many. It's amazing. We got to run on this 532nd episode of Unscripted. As always, we thank you for joining us both on the video and on the audio. And remember, folks, either way, please take the time to subscribe. All it is, even an idiot like me can do it. It's basically punch and you're subscribed. If you can do that for us, we would be eternally grateful. Having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.